Pod, the All Things Yosemite podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jackson, a longtime resident and interpretive guide in Yosemite National Park. And on today's episode, I thought we would have a little fun and talk about some of the most popular hikes in Yosemite Valley for every skill level to help you have the best experience on your next visit. So I will be sticking to Yosemite Valley hikes for this one because most of the park is still not open for hiking. But when that glorious day comes, I will do another episode about the best hikes in the Tuolumne Meadows area. But for now, I'm going to cover four of the most popular trails in the valley ranked from easiest to most difficult and what you can expect from each hike. Now, this is certainly not an exhaustive list as there are many trails in and around Yosemite Valley, but these trails in particular are the best ones to get to know the area and they all offer great rewards for your first few visits. So just think of them as your jumping off point into Yosemite hiking. So let's start with what would be considered the easiest trail on this list, and that is the Mirror Lake Loop. It should be noted that Mirror Lake is not what you would think of as a typical lake. It dries up almost completely in late summer and autumn, but in the spring, the water from Tanaya Creek pulls up in a wide depression on the east end of Yosemite Valley and creates a small still lake where you can catch an impressive reflection of the northwest phase of Half Dome and Mount Watkins. It's also a nice place to go swimming when it's warm enough outside, but the water is snowmelt, so it is icy cold. <laughs> this hike starts on the eastern side of Yosemite Valley at shuttle stop number 17. Now, the shuttles are not running for 2021, so you will have to walk to this trail, and the closest parking is at the Yosemite Valley Stables area or in Curry Village. Now, the hike itself is relatively flat, and most people stop at Mirror Lake and then turn around. It's about a, a little over a mile from the bus stop, um, gaining about 100 feet in elevation. But do not be dismayed. And that's just to the to the lake. Uh, the trail continues after that. Um, don't be dismayed by the crowds. However, the further back you go, the less people will be there. And that's generally the rule for all trails. If you do the entire loop, it's a five mile hike gaining 400 feet of elevation and will take anywhere from two to three hours. I don't think a lot of people like doing this hike because it does not have the wow scenic factor of the hikes that you get that you have when you gain more elevation. And it can also be very buggy because there are a lot of areas of still water and that's where mosquitoes lay their eggs. So and then there are these like little gnats that are there, too. Um, so I would recommend bringing insect repellent and my favorite fashion hiking accessory, the mosquito headnet, which makes you look like a crazy person until everyone realizes why you're wearing it. And then they are insanely jealous. <laughs> of the shield that it that it offers. So even though this hike does not offer expansive views, it's still one of my favorites, especially if I just want to have an easy day. You get some um, very nice, interesting views of Half Dome and a great view of Mount Watkins, which you don't really get to see from anywhere else in the valley. So about two and a half miles into the hike, you cross a footbridge at the far eastern end of the trail. And this is a place very familiar to so many locals as it is the entry and exit <laughs> to the supposedly haunted Tanaya Canyon. <laughs> My roommates and I sat around telling ghost stories about Tanaya Canyon the other night. The place is pretty creepy. <laughs> Ascending a series of stone steps beyond this point puts you in this massive boulder field, the site of the most recent major rockfall from Awaya Point. Um, in that area. So you'll notice there that the rocks are all really bright white and that the area is ex incredibly exposed compared to the rest of the trail. 
Now, that rockfall was in 2009, and it closed that section of the trail for multiple years. Um, and it's open now. They've decided it's safe enough to hike back there. But it is, it's just like such an interesting place. There's no other place in the valley that looks like it because it is such a recent rockfall. So all of the trees and vegetation is like just crushed under these um, freshly released boulders. It's just really cool to go back there and see it. And it's just a great example of the awesome force of nature and a reminder of the constantly evolving landscape of Yosemite. So continuing past the rockfall section drops you into a dense, heavily forested area. And then depending on the time of year, you may be forced to hike through puddles and streams. Now, I know it's really tempting to try to circumvent these areas, but it might be easier um, and my recommendation to just get your feet wet. It's not good for the habitat to hike off of trail. And there are a lot of social use trails that are being created to avoid those um, little uh, water sections. Um, but it's actually really surprisingly refreshing and really liberating to just get in the water. <laughs> you can take off your shoes and socks if you like here. The water is very shallow and slow moving, um, so it's safe to cross, but a good option maybe just to bring some flip-flops to wade through the water in. So see, there's plenty of adventure for the Mirror Lake Trail. <laughs> you go through all kinds of uh, interesting... Um, to, um, terrain. And if you're bringing kids, you could honestly spend the whole day there. I don't have kids, but from what I understand, they much prefer to play than to hike uphill for miles and miles. <laughs> I don't think they really get the scenery thing yet <laughs> when they're really young. So if you do have kids, I would consider this one for them. It's also um, a lot shadier than the other trails, so you won't be dealing with the risk of sunburn. Um, just be sure to bring plenty of food and water. There are no facilities beyond Mirror Lake. There is a restroom there, but there is no potable water. So you want to pack everything that you're going to need for the day with you. Okay, so the next hike on this list is one that most people visiting Yosemite for hiking are familiar with, and that is the Mist Trail. Now, I did a whole episode on the Mist Trail earlier this season that included the history of the trail. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, it was episode number three of the second season. Now, a lot of people consider this trail the essential Yosemite hike. It kind of has it all. Views, waterfalls, rivers. It's difficult enough to make you feel like you put in a good day's work, but not so difficult that you are completely useless afterwards. It's a really great hike with amazing rewards. But for that reason, it is also the most crowded hike in all of Yosemite National Park. But for good reason. The Mist Trail starts at Happy Isles, um, that's shuttle stop number 16, and travels along the Merced River, gaining a lot of elevation, about a thousand feet to the top of Vernal Fall, and then another thousand feet to get to the top of Nevada Fall. So if you do the whole hike to the top of Nevada Fall, you're going to log about five and a half miles and gain about 2,000 feet of elevation. Depending on how far you decide to travel on the Mist Trail, it can be a moderate hike to a strenuous hike, taking anywhere from one to six hours. <laughs> I know that sounds like a huge variation, but that is because there are three stopping points on this trail that give you an opportunity to gauge how much further you think you want to go. And the first stop is the Vernal Fall, uh, the Vernal Fall, not Fernal, <laughs> the Vernal Fall Footbridge. Um, that's about three quarters of a mile from the trailhead and has an elevation gain of about 400 feet and an outstanding view of of Vernal Fall. 
Now, this is where you can take a break, use the restroom, and fill up your water. And this is your last chance to get potable drinking water before heading on. A lot of people um, decide to turn around here and call it a day, which is a good option. But if you decide to continue on, you take a series of stone stairs right alongside Vernal Fall. And if you're doing this hike in the spring, expect to be soaked from head to foot. <laughs> Bringing a light rain poncho is recommended for this section. So slogging up the steps... <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> They're hard for me. I'm really short. So it's like doing a, like being on, I, I think I call it the Stairmaster from hell <laughs> on my minstrel episode. Slogging up the steps takes you to the top of Vernal Fall where you get an incredible expansive view of Yosemite Valley looking west. And you can get pretty close to the edge of Vernal Fall from behind the safety of a guardrail. There are also restrooms. Uh, at this location, but no drinking water. Um, it's a great place to take a break before deciding what to do next. If you decide you've seen enough, then you can descend the trail from there via Clark Point to the John Muir Trail. Um, as the Park Service has restricted access for foot traffic descending uh, the Mist Trail, the stone section, the stone steps, stone stepped sec <laughs> section. <laughs> Um, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And that's just for the busy times and um, that's for COVID safety measures. Uh, but if you decide to keep going, you will follow a trail through a lovely forested section before ascending another less extreme series of stone steps where you get your first views of Nevada Fall before reaching the top of the hike. Now, the top of Nevada Fall is one of the most stunning places in all of Yosemite and one of my favorite places in the park. Great views from here, as well as an unusual view of Half Dome that makes it almost unrecognizable. And you get to uh, see one of my favorite rock formations, Liberty Cap. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with Liberty Cap. Uh, you'll notice it on top of Nevada Fall. It's just this big kind of asymmetrical dome. <laughs> it's just kind of sticking out there. <laughs> Um, kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> there are also restrooms on top of Nevada Fall, but again, no drinking water. Um, so bring a way to purify water or extra water. Uh, but from here, uh, you'll be heading all downhill. This is the end of the hike up and then you're just coming down after that. So after spending some time on top of Nevada Fall, head back down the way you came to the top of Vernal Fall and then descend the John Muir Trail to get back to the footbridge and then back down to the trailhead at Happy Isles. Great hike, great day, great time to grab a pizza and a beer. All right, so now we are moving into more difficult kind of butt kicker trails that will take you most or all of the day. And for this section, I wanted to start with the four mile trail. The four mile trail is actually 4.8 miles one way for a total of 9.6 miles round trip and gains 3,200 feet of elevation. And I don't know if I would really recommend this one for your first few visits because the greatest reward of this trail is Glacier Point, which has a road that goes up to it. So you have to share the viewpoint with hundreds of people that just drove there. <laughs> so there aren't any waterfalls on this trail. You do get some really good views of El Capitan, Cathedral Rocks, and Yosemite Falls before you reach Glacier Point. But for the most part, this is just a slog up to a place that is just crawling with people. But if you're looking for a new trail, or if you just want to tick one off the list, I say go for it. And the nice thing about the amenities of Glacier Point is that you can use the restroom, although the lines uh, are so insane. <laughs> but um, and from what I understand, the restrooms are pretty nasty. <laughs> I've never used them. <laughs> 
Uh, I find other ways. Um, but you can also fill your water and get a snack from the gift shop. I guess you can also get gifts from the gift shop if you want to <laughs> lug a bunch of trinkets around in your pack for the rest of the day. Uh, now, it may sound like I'm hating on the four mile trail, but I'm not. To be honest, I think I've hiked that trail more times than most of the trails in Yosemite Valley. But I hike uh, that trail, the Four Mile Trail, as part of a link up with other trails, specifically the Pohono Trail that starts at Inspiration point, uh, point and the Panorama Trail that you take from uh, Glacier Point down to the valley uh, via the John Muir Trail. Um, and those trails uh, travel along the south rim of Yosemite Valley. If you look at a map, it makes a lot more sense. The Panorama Trail is one of the best trails in the whole country, in my opinion. So I will be doing a whole episode on that one in the future. But what you need to know for now is that connecting the Four Mile Trail to the Panorama Trail to the Mist Trail or John Muir Trail uh, makes for a very long day. It's about 14 miles altogether and thousands of feet of elevation gain and loss. Um, if you decide to hike the Four Mile Trail just up and back, it starts from a pullout on Southside Drive, the road you take when you're heading toward Yosemite Valley proper. There is a sign on the right-hand side of the road indicating the start of the Four Mile Trail, and you'll find some vehicles parked there on the shoulder. But in general, it's not usually very crowded, and you won't run into too many people on it, which is one thing that really makes this trail great, and one of the reasons uh, I like to hike it. My hiking style in the past... Uh, with more hiking for fitness or what my climbing partner would call alpine training. <laughs> so this is that type of trail. Not necessarily fun, but a good workout and great cardiovascular training. And if you continue to do the panorama trail, it makes the rewards of that all the better. And that takes us to the final hike on today's list, the Upper Yosemite Falls Trail. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Uh, Upper Yosemite Falls. This uh, That was my first really hard hike in my whole life. And it was hard then. And it's still hard for me today. Upper Yosemite Falls is 7.2 miles round trip and gains almost 3,000 feet in elevation um, in 3. Point, uh, what? 3.6 <laughs> miles. Head math <laughs> while podcasting. 3.6 plus 3.6 is 7.2. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so you're looking at an elevation gain of like a thousand feet for every mile. And that is going to be very hard for most people. So this trail starts at Camp 4, the climbing camp near the back of the camp closest to the north wall of Yosemite Valley. There's a really nice path that takes you right to the start of the trail. And it starts off really nice and easy, winding through switchbacks of oak trees and bay laurel. But it starts getting kind of intense once you hit Columbia Rock, and that's about a mile up in the trail and a thousand feet in elevation gain. You get really, really great views from Columbia Rock of the south side of Yosemite Valley, Half Dome and Sentinel Rock. Um, actually, I used to do just up to Columbia Rock after work, and it's, it's a really, um, that's good enough in its own if you decide that you don't want to do the whole trail. It's a good turning around point. Um, but if you continue on, you start getting some really outstanding views of Yosemite Falls. Just a little beyond Columbia Rock, um, you get like a profile view of Yosemite Falls. And if the falls are running high, you will even get a nice, lovely little bit of mist on you. And it's not as intense as the mist trail, just kind of enough to cool you down, um, which is something that you'll wish you had further up the trail. <laughs> The top section, it kind of, it, you get misted in this like shady section. It's not, 
really something that's super welcome then. And then you get further up and it's like blazing hot and you're like dying for moisture. Um, so the top section of every Yosemite Falls is brutal. It's really steep and exposed and it's unrelenting. And this is a section of the trail that I just feel like it never ends. And it seems like every time I'm on that section, people are coming down from the top and they always feel it's like necessary to tell me that I'm almost there. You know, just hang in there, (laughs) which I guess is a nice intention because they're trying to be encouraging. But in that moment, it is just unwelcome. (laughs) I'm just not like I know I know where I am, but um I don't know. I can see how some people would like that, but it's kind of a unwelcome piece of information for me. So I won't go too far into my my pet peeve on the trail of unsolicited information or like people asking me how much farther they have to go. <laughs> but I do want to make one point that is especially relevant for Upper Yosemite Falls. So the hiker coming uphill always has the right of way. A lot of people don't know this rule. And when the trail is too narrow for both parties to pass, one side generally or one party generally has to pull over and the person going uphill, um, they have to expend a lot more energy by stopping and starting again, especially if they have like a momentum going. Um, Sometimes the party traveling uphill will pull over ahead of time for a break and that's their decision. But if you're heading downhill and someone is coming up toward you and neither of you are stopping, the proper etiquette is to yield to the uphill traffic. Also, if you need to take a break, not like a rest, but a snack break, please step off the trail. (laughs) Find a good place to step off the trail. I cannot tell you how many backpacks and people I've had to step over and navigate around on that trail. And honestly, it's not really safe to present that hazard on that trail in particular. It's already really steep and very slippery in some sections. So just find a good spot and move aside and allow for clear passage. All right, that's my little PSA for this episode. Proper trail etiquette, very important. Also, don't leave toilet paper on the trail. <laughs> God, please don't leave toilet paper anywhere in nature. Ah, that's that's another episode for another time too. Leave no trace uh, ethics. So when you finally reach the top of Yosemite Falls, you will want to head a little further east to get to the uh, to get to the viewpoint, which I think is called Yosemite Point. Uh, but there is a sign uh, that will show you the way, and you can actually take a trail to a view that is right alongside the top of the waterfall. Now, I wouldn't recommend that section for anyone afraid of heights because there is a straight drop of several thousand feet below you. Um, but there is a guardrail, so it is safe if you can handle it. I would definitely try to get there just for the perspective of the awesome power of Yosemite Falls and to get an appreciation of really how high up you you hiked. So after that, I like to, um, after gazing over the precipice, <laughs> I like to head back up to the slabs for a well-deserved rest and snack break before, before heading back down. Um, or if I'm feeling very ambitious that day, I might try to hit Eagle Peak, uh, which is a hike further west that it that ends on the topmost rock of the Three Brothers Formation. So it's another two and a half miles from the top of Yosemite Falls and gains another 500 feet of elevation. It makes for a very long day. But I think the view from that is totally worth it. And John Muir would agree with me. Hiking to Eagle Peak is uh, was one of his recommendations for spending a perfect day in Yosemite. Um, his other recommendation uh, is hiking to the top of Mount Hoffman near May Lake. But that is a very special hike for another episode. I'm going to have to start keeping track of how many... <laughs> 
how many times I'm citing like future episodes in this one so that I'm, I'm sure to cover all of these topics. Someone will have to email me and send me the list. <laughs> I will totally give you a shout out if you do that. So if you hike to Upper Yosemite Falls and back down without hacking on Eagle Peak, you will have hiked over seven miles with an elevation gain and loss of over 3,000 feet. So expect to spend anywhere from six to eight hours uh, doing that trail. With uh, Eagle Peak tacked on there, you're looking at 12 and a half miles round trip, an elevation gain of 3,500 feet and about eight to 10 hours, depending on your fitness level. Also, keep in mind that if you are traveling from sea level, hiking at elevation and gaining a lot of elevation on your hike will feel much more difficult than you might realize. So drink a lot of water, give yourself plenty of time, take as many many rest breaks as you think you need, and be sure to keep your electrolytes balanced because you will be sweating quite a bit, especially in the summer. So bring a good option of salty snacks with you. Um, It's probably a good idea just to bring a little bit of salt as well. But good hydration is very important and Upper Yosemite Falls does not have any potable water. So I always bring a way to purify water uh, with either water purification tablets or a water filter. And I usually refill from the creek when I'm up there before heading down. Definitely purify your water though. Uh, So we have Giardia in Yosemite and Giardia is a parasite you can get from drinking untreated water and it causes major, very unpleasant gastrointestinal distress if you get it. I've never had it. If you can hear that with me knocking on wood, but I have never drunk untreated water either. Well, I actually did drink untreated water once, but it was from a glacier. So that's a little different. (laughs) You can see the source of the water. Um, So yeah, there is a little bit of information for your next Yosemite adventure. There are over 800 miles of hiking trails in Yosemite, and they all bring something special. But I think these four trails are a great introduction to the park and the demands of (laughs) what is to be expected from hiking in Yosemite. If you want to know more about the trails I talked about on this episode, I will leave links to the National Park Service website descriptions in the show notes. And if you think that you would like to explore more trails, you should look into purchasing a hiking guidebook and a map. And I will put links for my recommendations for those in the show notes as well. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod. If you like this stuff, please subscribe so you get new episodes as they release every two weeks. Also, if you have a moment, please give me a rating. More positive ratings help more people find the podcast, which helps us grow and reach a wider audience. Also, I want to give you all an update on my life, (laughs) what is going on with me right now. So if you've been listening for a while, you know that I was in Portland, Oregon, against my will (laughs) for all of 2020 and some of 2021 because my job in Yosemite was eliminated due to COVID. But you may be happy to know that I am now back in Yosemite working with the Yosemite Conservancy for 2021. So the Yosemite Conservancy is a nonprofit group that works very closely along the, uh, alongside the Park Service to fund research grants and projects to help us learn more about Yosemite and to help enhance the visitor experience. One of their most recent projects was the extensive and much-needed restoration of the Mariposa Grove, in which a ton of work was done to make sure visitors could enjoy the grove without negatively impacting the sequoia trees. The raised boardwalks replaced paved walkways that disturbed delicate sequoia root systems and um, interrupted the natural flow of the wetland in the grove. And then wetlands were restored, diesel-fueled trams and fueling stations were removed from the grove, and I have to say, 
it's like night and day from how the Grove used to be to today. It was a huge project and it cost $40 million and half of that money was funded by my new employer, the Yosemite Conservancy, through private donations and paid classes and programs, which is the work that I will be doing for them. I will leave a link uh, to their website in the show notes if you want to know more about their work in Yosemite and how you can contribute and become a part of the Yosemite legacy. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this little dive into a few of the hiking options of Yosemite Valley. If you have any other questions or would like to pick my brain for more ideas, or if you'd like a free Little Yo Pod sticker, go ahead and send an email to me, littleyopod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram at littleyopod. And I honestly, I don't check those quite as often, so an email is probably best. Or um, you can also check out my Patreon page where I post videos for members of the Little Yo Pod Patreon community, (laughs) or as one of my listeners would call it, uh, Yo Pod Nation. (laughs) And there will be a link for that in the show notes as well. And that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Little Yo Pod. I'm Laura Jackson. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in Yosemite. Yosemite.